Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Amen. Thank you, Caleb. Buenos dias. Good morning. And hello to anyone listening to this podcast later on. We love you. We hope you'll join us here in person soon. Anybody get a yogurt on the way in? Who wants another one? Or who didn't get one and you want one? Come on, where are we have our yogurts in here? I think that, that, that now Liz, you told me you had them in here. Where'd you go? Where, where'd the yogurt go? Now I'm just going to stand here and stare until they come. No, that's okay. Um, they'll get them in here in just a minute. But I just want to remind everybody, if you want to follow along the outline of today's message, you can do it through the Bible app, or there's always a printed version, a printed outline of the message there uh, in the back. Today we're going to um, eat yogurt. So what in the world does this have to do with any? Okay. If you got a yogurt on the way in, but you want another one, raise your hand. If you didn't get one and you want one, raise your hand. If you don't really want to eat it, but you just didn't get one, you should get one anyway. Raise your hand. All right. Who needs a yogurt still? All right. We got some there in the back. Who needs a yogurt? Who needs a, This is Greek yogurt. Oikos. Everybody say oikos. Or oikos, or however you want to say it. It's probably oikos in Greek. All right. Who didn't get an oikos? Or who wants another oikos? All right. We still got some, some people in need of oikos over here. Anybody else need yogurt? Anybody else need yogurt? Say, I don't like yogurt. I'm sorry, but maybe you can get it and give it to somebody else. <laughs> Come on, everybody say oikos. So what does that have to do with anything? Well, I'm not going to tell you until the end of the message. So in the meantime, you can eat it. And yes, please feel free to, to open it and eat it if you'd like to. It doesn't bother us for you to eat yogurt in church, okay? Everybody good? I'm just giving another few seconds to get the oikos passed out. Anybody else? Anybody else? Are we good to go? Who's ready to continue with our this year's theme, Every Word? Well, good, because we're going to anyway. <laughs> this year, our, our, our theme has been Every Word. In fact, uh, Matthew 4.4 says, come on, church, Matthew 4.4 says, Mateo 4.4 dice, and our commitment this year is that we are going to, nuestro compromiso este año es que vamos a, How many words? All of them. Come on, say all of them. Every word. Cada palabra, right? And this is what we've been doing. Can you believe that we're way beyond halfway through the Bible? 
reading through the Bible. In fact, if you're up to date on your one-year Bible reading plan, you've already read a more than half of the Old Testament, including all of the Psalms and Proverbs and are, or no, all of the Psalms and have restarted the Psalms and are more than halfway through the Proverbs and more than halfway through the New Testament, okay? And in fact, um, we're going to read a few scriptures today. Actually, we're going to read three passages. And over the past few months, you've read all of them, okay? So I'm hoping today to bring some clarity about what we've already read together as we've been reading through the Bible, okay? And if you're new here and you're like, what are you talking about? Well, this year we started in, in January uh, all together reading through the Bible in the one-year Bible, okay? If you'd like to start past the middle of the year, have at it. Catch up with us or just go at your own pace. But it's been great to read through the Bible together. But hey, have you ever planned to do something good? Man, that, that, that took some thought. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna, this, this, is, this is a longer uh, concept than that. But have you ever planned to do something good? Like, I need to do that. Like, that would be good for me to do. Yes? And then you plan to do it. And then you did it. Yes? Okay. And then you did it. And then, after doing it, you realize... You should just always do it. Yes? Like, this is something that's good. I should do it. It would be good for me. I'm going to do it. Then I do it. And then I realize, I just ought to always be doing this. That ever happen? And then once you do it and you do it and you do it a few times, now you just always do it without even really thinking much about it. Yeah? Does that ever happen? You knew something was good. You planned to do it. You did it. You realize you ought to keep doing it, so you started doing it, and now you just do it without even really much, giving it much thought. Yes? I remember when this happened with me, um, it, was, it was many years ago, um, I decided I, I really ought to be drinking three liters of water a day. I know that's what you're supposed to do. It's good. Come on, say it's good. Right? Three liters of water a day, it's good for me. Okay? I should do it. I'm going to plan to start doing it. So I did. I started drink. I said, I'm going to start drinking three liters of water a day. So I did. Once I did it, I realized it made me feel so good. And it felt so good that I realized I ought to just keep on doing it. I ought to just always do it. So I did. And now if you know me, if you've been around me enough, you know that I always, I'm, I constantly have a bottle of water. And now, honestly, without thinking about it, I drink about three liters of water per day, sometimes more. And I don't really have to even give it much thought. Because it was something good I, I, I know I should have tried to do. And when I did it, it was really good for me. And so I just decided I'm going to keep on doing it. And the more I just kept on doing it, now it's just a part of my life that I don't really think too much about. I'm not saying I don't think about it ever. Sometimes I do. But I don't have to think about it constantly to drink water. I don't have to plan in my mind, today I'm going to drink three liters of water like I used to. Now I just do it. Okay? This, this uh, are you thinking of anything that's happened with you? Maybe it's brushing your teeth or something. I hope so. Uh, I can remember back in 2007 when I had, um, I had been a missionary for eight years in Mexico. And I had just kind of been going full blast. 
And I never really had anyone to disciple me and teach me and mentor me that I should take a day off every week. Like, duh, it's in the Bible. But for some reason, I had not learned that habit of taking a day off every week. And, 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 and then my pastor, Pastor Dale Walker, many of you know him, uh, I started working with him. And he taught us that we should take one day off every week. Okay, And so in 2007, I started planning, I'm going to take every Monday off, okay? Because you know if you're a pastor, Sunday is not a day off. And by the way, most of the time, Saturday isn't either. <laughs> okay, so I, I, started, I decided even before I got married, I'm going to start taking one day off a week. It's going to be on Mondays because that's the day I really need to rest after the weekend. Okay, so I started doing it. Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> After so many years of going full blast and not really knowing very well how to rest, I learned that I should start, I shouldn't just do this, I should always do this. Yeah? And so now, honestly, we've been doing it for so long. I started in 2007, this is 2022, what is that, uh, 15 years, right? Right? Yes, okay. Good. All right. I don't think about I need to take a day off on Monday. On Monday, we off. It's just, it is what it is. We're just off because it's become a regular part uh, of, of our life. Another one, are you thinking of anything that you've done that now it's just a part of your lifestyle? I know for me too, I can remember back uh, early 2000s, I had read the Bible a lot, but I'd never read the whole Bible. And so I knew that that was, should be important, right? I should probably read the whole Bible if it's the Word of God, not just parts of it. So I, I can't remember the exact year that I did it, but I remember it was the early 2000s. I said, I need this year, I'm going to read the whole Bible. And back in the day, you didn't have all the Bible plans that we have now. I just started at Genesis and went through the whole Bible, right? Through Revelation. So read through the whole Bible. When I did it, it was like, like, wow, I ought to do that again. So guess what I did the next year? I read the whole Bible. And then it felt so good that I just started doing it every single year. Read through the Bible every single year. And now, honestly, I can tell you, I don't have to think about it. I know. Come January, we start reading the Bible all the way through again. And by Christmas, we're done. It's just, it is, it, it's become part of, of, of our lifestyle, of my lifestyle, of our family's lifestyle. And, you know, last Sunday, we learned about how amazingly good the good news is, right? Say, so where in the world is Pastor Hunter going with all this? Okay. If you were here, we learned that the gospel, that the message of Jesus Christ is ridiculously good news, and we just examine how stinking good the good news is, right? I mean that the God of the universe, the infinite God, the almighty God, that we got ourselves separated from because of sin, he entered in to time and space and took on a body, took on skin. We said he took on skin so he could take on sin, right? He, he entered into the sinful world to pay the price for sin. 
And he died on the cross and paid the price to deliver us, to set us free from the power of sin and restore us back to relationship with him. And instead of being on our way to hell for eternity in Jesus Christ, now we're on our way to heaven for all eternity, right? Come on, somebody. Is that good news? And he didn't only take on a body. He didn't only take on sin. He humbled himself all the way as low as he possibly could to a criminal's death on the cross. And he, he took on death itself. So now look at this. Now not even for us, if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, come on, if you're a follower of Jesus, not even death is defeat. Because he defeated it. We know that when we die, we live. I mean, is that good news or what? So we learn how ridiculously good the good news is. And we also learned that the good news is good news no matter how different people perceive it. Right? Because not everybody perceives news the same way. For some, what would be good news for one is bad news for another, right? But we, we saw and learned and, 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 and come to the realization it, it really doesn't matter if some like it and some don't like it. The good news is just good. And our job, our mission, our purpose is not to sell it. It's not to market it. It's not to convince people about it. It's to give it away because it's a gift. Right? We've received a good gift, so our purpose is to give that good gift away. Yes? If you weren't here last Sunday, you just got the message. All right? So I was thinking this weekend, this has really been bugging me. It's really been on my mind a lot lately. And I, wanna, I want this for myself, but I want to help us as a church learn how to live the good news lifestyle. The good news lifestyle. Because look at me. The good news wasn't just good when you decided to believe it. It's good today. It's good every day. And it will be the good news forever. And we must learn to live on mission. Okay? Because our mission is the good news. Yes? I really like that. I had not seen the graphic. Very cool. Come on, say, living on mission. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have us repeat it a few times because I want to get that. I want you to begin to see that in your, in your mind, okay? Say, living on mission. Living. 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 On mission. Living on mission. Living on mission. Living on mission. I'd like to know the picture that's being painted in your mind right now. Just by hearing that phrase, living on mission. Because we say the word mission and missions very often, right? Right? Like we know, come on, we know we're a church that does 
missions, okay. But what about just living our whole life on mission? Come on, say it one more time. Living on mission. Viviendo la misión. Today, I want to give you an extremely simple message. And there'll be a few thoughts that we're going to try to get our, our mind and more our heart around today, okay? But it really is going to just boil down to one simple thing, okay? We're going to take a look at a few scriptures, and we're going to notice, I believe that as you read it, you're going to notice a very clear, a very simple theme. But listen, don't take the simplicity of this message today. In fact, I'm going to take probably the next two to three weeks to really develop this idea of living on mission because I, I really think this is, this is so important in our next steps forward as a church family, okay? Don't take it because it's so simple as something that's not that big a deal. In fact, most of the time, the simplest things are the most powerful ones. And I know for myself, thinking this way has changed my life. And this understanding, this, this concept, and it's more than a concept, it's something we're going to do, right? But first we got to get it, right? If we understand it and we live it, it doesn't only change our lives. This has the power to change the world. Come on, does anybody want to see the world changed? Or do we like it the way it's going? Whew. Anybody want to see the world changed? This is a super simple principle that we're going to look at today. We're going to start it today. We're going to continue for the next few weeks. That has the power to change you, to change me, to change our families, and to change the world. All right? Are we ready for the word of God? We're going to read three passages. And I'm just going to kind of, kind of go through them. Okay? I want you, as we're reading this... To notice a common theme or a common thread, okay? Are we ready? All right. Let's sit down to read. Matthew chapter 10. It's on the screen for you. If you'd like to follow along there, you could follow along in your Bible. But Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. If you're ready to read, say, living on mission. Jesus, okay, <clears throat> sorry, also, if you've been around a while, you're used to this, but if you're newer, maybe not. As we read the scriptures, if I pause, you read the next phrase out loud, okay? Are we ready? Come on, say, living on mission. Jesus summoned his 12, his 12, his 12, and gave them authority and power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now, these are the names of the 12 Apostles, which means special messengers, personally chosen representatives. First, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and, his, uh, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, or also known as Nathaniel. Thomas and Matthew, also Levi. I love how Jesus gave them nicknames, right? The tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Judas, not Iscariot. So there was two Judas, right? Simon the 
other Simon, because there was two Simons, but this was Simon the Canaanian zealot, right? And Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these 12, instructing them, do not go among the Gentiles and do not go into a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, 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 And preach. And preach. And saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I mean, that's the good news. Literally encapsulated right there. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. It's right here. Good news. It's not far away. It's not lost out there somewhere. It's right here. It's not a mystery floating around to see who can ascertain it. No. And as you go, preach, saying. What does it mean when something is at hand? We know. Right there, so close you can. Touch it, feel it, grab it. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely? 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 Freely you've received, so freely. Freely you've received. Freely? 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 Freely, back up a slide. Back up another slide. And go to the last slide. Freely, back up two slides. Man, they are on it today. Thank you, media team. Let's give them a hand. Yeah, all right. And freely, and freely, and freely. Superstars. All right. <laughs> Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Very important. They were not the leaders of the prayer service. They were going to a community activity. Look. This is very important. They weren't, there were no churches yet. It wasn't like encounter prayer and Peter and John were coming to lead prayer. No, no, no. There was a prayer service because it was part of their Jewish culture, okay? And Peter and John just decided, we're going to prayer today. We're going where there's a bunch of people that are going to be praying, okay? Got it? Okay, I'm going to start over. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. They went to the prayer service and they decided, you know what, Peter, let's go to prayer today. 
There should be a lot of people there. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. This is important. The man who was lame was also just going about his business that day. He was just doing what he did. He was living his life. And his life was that the way he could make a living was by begging because he couldn't walk. He couldn't do anything. Okay? So Peter and John, they're just going about their business. The lame man is going about his business. And it says when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some what? Money. Because that's what he did. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some. But Peter said, this is important, okay? They had just started. They did not have a mega church with a big budget. I don't think they had a benevolence budget yet, okay? The Holy Spirit had just fallen on them. They had just, I mean, this was all just starting, Right? Listen, there wasn't even churches. Again, there weren't churches yet. They had just seen Jesus resurrect, go to the cross and resurrect from the dead and ascend back into heaven. And then they had just been praying and the Holy Spirit had just fallen on them. And many people started to believe. That's all that was happening. That was what church was. It was in the streets. Okay? It was in homes. And they were just going about their business. And this is what they said. Peter said, I don't have any money, basically, right? I don't have any silver or gold for you. But, oh, I don't have any money for you, but, I think he said it like this. I'll give you what I have. We read it, but I'll give you, such as I have, give I thee. (laughs) How many of you know? No. (laughs) When people talk to me like that, I'm like, and I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher. People talk to me like that, it's like, moving right along. (laughs) They were going about their business. He was going about his business. He needed some money. This is what he did. He was a beggar. They come into the prayer service. They notice him. He notices them. He asks for money, and they're like, we don't have any money right now, but I'll give you what I have. Come on, turn to somebody and say, I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. What they did have is that they had Jesus whom they knew could heal the sick because they had seen him do it. And he told them they were going to do it. Come on, get this. They'd seen Jesus actually heal crippled people. And he had told them they were going to do it too. So they said, I'll give you what I have. 
Think about this. We, we've, we've said this a lot lately, but we read the Bible as facts that have already happened. We know the man got up and walking and leaping and praising God. Walking. Okay, that was a kid's church song back in the day. Okay. He ended up walking, walking and leaping and praising God. Did Peter and John know that yet? No, they just know Jesus had done it and he had said they'd do it too. So they tried. <laughs> and it worked. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood to his feet, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. He went into the temple with them. No one got it. Okay. They were going to the prayer service, and as they approached, <laughs> awesome. He asked for money, and they didn't have any money, but they said, but I'll give you what I have. As they approached, they just gave what they had. Next. One more, Acts chapter 8. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house. Dragging out both men and women to throw them in prison. Just everywhere he went, that's what he did. It was his mission. He lived on mission. Saul lived on mission. Everywhere he went, he just looked for Christians to throw in jail. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus. Huh? The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Did you see something? I'm going to give you just a few phrases. And then I really want us to sort of gather around this new perspective. How about this? Very simple. Okay? Go and give. Come on, say it. Go and give. It's about to get even simpler than that, okay? Because that sounds like I need to plan to go. But how many of us go all the time? I go to the gas station, unfortunately, <laughs> at least once or twice a week, if not more. I go to the grocery store sometimes twice a day, once or twice a day. I like fresh stuff, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I go get coffee at least once a day. 
sometimes I go to my coffee maker, but sometimes I'm out and about and I go to a coffee shop. I go for a walk. I go to the park with my kids. We go to the movies. How many of us go places? I go to work. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, everybody say, I go to work. Very good. All right. (laughs) You ready? Put it on the screen. As you go, give what you have. That's what it means to live on mission. Come on, let's say that. As you go, give what you have. What about what you don't have? Don't worry about that. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But as you go, give what you have as you go. Now turn, turn, turn to somebody on your left. If you can, if you don't have anybody on the left, turn, turn to somebody where there's a human. Left, right, front, back. Find another face. And I, I just want you to tell him. I just want you to tell him this. Go and give. As you go, just give what you have. Hey, now turn to somebody else and say, give what you have as you go. Now turn to somebody else and say, go where? Everywhere you go, give what you have. Come on, let's try it this way. A donde quiera que vayas, da lo que tienes. Can you say that in French? Come, come, come. Levi, come, okay. Come. We're going to try it. All right, first of all, say, as you go, give what you have. Wherever you go, just give what you have. Give what you have wherever you go. Okay. Partout où tu vas, donne ce que tu as. Partout où tu vas, donne ce que tu as. All right. Up and coming disclaimer warning. What I'm about to say deserves a disclaimer and we're going to get it. But I'm going to say it first. A lot of times you say the disclaimer first, right? But I'm going to say it first and then I'll give you the disclaimer. Cool? Ready? Are you sure you're ready? All right. We don't do missions. We live on missions. Next, we don't do outreaches. We live reaching out. One more. We don't go fishing. We are fishers of people. Doesn't that change it a little bit? It changes the perspective of I have to plan to go do this in order for it to happen to as I go, wherever I go, I'm always on this mission. 
And everywhere I go, wherever that may be, I can give what I have. And what I have and what you have and what we have is the good news about Jesus. The good news that we read last week in Romans 1.16. The good news is the power of God that saves, saves people when they believe. We have the good news. And we don't have to plan a mission trip to go and do a mission. We don't have to have a planned outreach to reach out to people. We don't have to plan a fishing trip to fish for people. If that's just what we are. We just live that way. Now, for the disclaimer, we do missions. <laughs> we just went on a mission trip. In fact, a group of 30 or so from this church just went on a mission trip, and we did a crusade with Shine the Light, with Felicia, and, 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 and all of the preparation, the crusade, and post-crusade, 1,780 souls made a decision to follow Jesus. We did that. But do we wait until next summer or the next mission trip to come around to give the good news to somebody? No, we don't do missions or we don't just do missions. We live on mission. We just had announcements that we have a week of outreaches coming up. So it's not that we don't specifically plan outreaches and to, 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 to have specific moments and, and strategies to go out and share the gospel in our community. We do that. But y'all, if the only time we reach people is when we have outreaches, it's very limited. We come into contact with more people as we go about our life. As we come and as we go to work, as we come and as we go in, 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 in the community, then we do, then the people we encountered on a planned outreach. Mission trips and planned outreaches ought to be the cherry on top of the cake on the ice cream sundae, right? We need the cherry. See, I don't like cherries. Well, it needs, the ice cream sundae needs a cherry, by the way. Okay. So we need the cherry. We need to do mission trips. We need to do planned outreaches. And we do. And we will. But that's not our daily life. You don't go on a mission trip every week. We don't have planned outreaches every single week. But we can live reaching out. We can live our life in our neighborhood reaching out to our neighbors because we live there. We come and we go. We can live reaching out to people at our local coffee shop, in our classroom on campus, in our office at work, on the construction site, in the doctor's office. Wherever we go, we give what we have. Yeah? Let me just say, say this. Outreach should not be a religious activity, but a way of life. It changes us 
from religious perspective to Christ-centered perspective. What do I mean by that? This changes everything, y'all. If we, if we adopt this perspective, I don't do missions, I don't do outreach, I live on mission, I live my life reaching out. It changes us from the perspective of I do things for Jesus to I live for Jesus. There's a difference. The religious perspective, the religious way of thinking is I do things for Jesus. And that's not bad. It's not bad to do things for Jesus. Hello? But it's way better to say, I live my life for Jesus. And I live on his mission. His mission is mine. And I live my life on that mission. And wherever I go, I, I give what I have. Wherever I go, I mission. Right. Uh. We have a Howard family theme song. It's called Wherever We Go. I should have played it for you, but I, anyway. The words of the song is, wherever we go, and if those of you that know us know this is very true. Wherever we go, anybody know the song? That's where the party's at. <laughs> but you guys... Wherever we go, people of God who have the life of God and the joy of, of, of Jesus and the peace that passes all understanding and the hope for the hopeless, wherever we go, that better be where the party's at. Because we ought to go and wherever we go, as we come and as we go, we ought to give what we have. I don't know about you, but Jesus has given me joy. Jesus has given me peace. Jesus has given me freedom. Jesus has given me forgiveness. Jesus has healed me. I have something to share. Or at least try. Because remember, the good news is not a product we're selling. Or a gimmick we're trying to market. The good news is a free gift we have received and we are compelled to give it to everybody. Doesn't this change it a little bit? Come on, say, I live on mission. Sharing the gospel and leading people to Jesus is not a product or a result we're attempting to produce or achieve, but rather a gift we've received, and we just absolutely must give it away. Now, I love that Peter and John did not worry about what they didn't have. It wasn't like, oh, can't help you today. <laughs> Sorry. Can't help you today. No, but Christians, look, just, just, just hear my heart on this. We worry all the time about what we don't have. <gasps> What am I going to say? I promise it'll come out if you just start. I don't have much training in sharing the gospel. Look, just give what you have. I only know one verse. There you go. 
I promise, I promise you, because it's in the Bible, if you'll do that, he will. He'll give you the words to speak. He will. You'll literally share the gospel with someone, minister to someone, and a few minutes later you'll go, I didn't even know what I just told them. How did I say that? I didn't even, I didn't know that. Or I, I, mean, I guess I knew that, but I didn't know how to say that. Has anybody ever, ha- that ever happened to you? That's happened to me many times. If it's never happened to you, try it. Try, don't focus on what you don't have. See, the, the, the lame man wanted and needed money, but they didn't have any. And listen, they weren't lying. It's not that they had a pocket full of cash and just didn't want to help him. They literally didn't have any. But they did know what they did have. They had the good news. And they had a promise from Jesus. We saw him heal sick people, and he said we do it. He said we do it. I don't know if this is the exact words that went through their mind, but something probably like, let's try to do what he said we could do. Right? Let's just give what we have. I don't have much training. I don't know that much of the Bible. I'm new to to all of this. I don't really have many resources to help people. I'm not very outspoken or bold. I don't have that. Give what you have. Give what you, forget what you don't have. God, listen, it's going to be, you're going to get trained. You're going to know more of the Bible because we read through the Bible, right? <laughs> you're going to learn from others in, in discipleship. You're, all of that, but just go give what you have wherever you go. Let's live on mission. Now, I want to end it with this. I want you to think. Many of you, many of us have a family. And one thing that I've heard as an excuse is I can't really do that much outreach because I'm busy with my family. How about this? Live on mission with your family. In fact, that is the way to do it. Don't have your little mission and have your family set set aside. That does not go well. Live, bring your family along, teach your family, show your children that together we live on mission. A lot of you know uh, the the story, I don't have to to do it long and drawn out. Uh, Alex and Kwame, they're on vacation today. Kwame was the first friend we made here when we moved to Kennesaw, and we were just, Oliver had just been born, Anna was two, Liz was recovering from having Oliver, we were, people were moving from across the country to do something crazy, like start a brand new church from scratch with who knows who, and we just met this guy, he was like 23, cashier at Publix, we weren't playing, we didn't like... Let's go to Publix to win souls. Now, if you plan an outreach to go to Publix to win souls, great. But that, that's, not what, that's not the way it happened. We just needed some chicken. <laughs> and 
And Publix is three minutes from our house. It's just around the corner out of our neighborhood. So we would go to Publix and we, and we met this, you know, 23-year-old college student, Kwame. I'd never heard that name before in my life. And we just loved him. And, and the kids started to get to know him. Liz started to get to know him. And literally, just as we went to Publix, we shared the good news with him. And now he's one of the main leaders in our church. That was eight years ago. But we didn't plan an outreach to Publix. We just went to get chicken. And we gave what we have. Jackie, I got to pick on everybody on vacation. Jackie is also on vacation today. Their family's on vacation. But two young men were just at Target one day. And they saw Jackie. And they just felt like we should give what we have. Let's ask if we could pray for Jackie. I think it was Jackie and Colette together. And literally, they're just going about their business in Target. And they're like, let's go pray for Jackie. It was Aaron and Kurt, I think. Yeah? And so they did. And the rest is history. Jackie's one of the big leaders in our church today as well. And Colette and their whole family is now saved and a part of the church. But it wasn't like a planned outreach. It wasn't a mission trip to Target. It was probably, knowing Aaron, going to buy a video game or something. And as they went, they encountered Jackie. And they just gave what they had to Jackie and Colette. I could keep going with stories. Some of you are here today just because somebody went about going about their business just shared what they had with you. And now you're a follower of Jesus. Yeah? Come on, let's say it. As I go, I'll give what I have. Peter and John just gave what they have as they were going to the temple. Jesus told his 12 disciples, as you go, preach and give what you have. What you freely receive from me, just go and share it with others. Just go and give it with others. The the, the believers in Acts 8, they didn't want to be scattered. (laughs) They got scattered because of persecution. And guess what? Wherever they went, they preached the God. They just gave what they have. They had. Can we live on mission, church? I think we can live on mission. I think we we can shift our perspective from... I do missions to I live on mission. I live my life reaching out. Come on, let me just close with this. Wherever you go, to school, to work, to the bank, to the gas station, to the grocery store, to the coffee shop, to get pizza, to get donuts, to eat wings, to eat sushi... To eat tacos, to the park, to the gym, to your family, to your roommates, to your neighbors. Come on, somebody, say oikos. Take a look at your yogurt. Oikos is a Greek word that we find a lot in the New Testament. 
Why they call that yogurt oikos, I don't know. Maybe just because it's a common Greek word. What is, what, what is oikos? It's this. The people you encounter on a regular basis, going to school, going to work, going to the bank, going to the gas station, going to get coffee, going to get donuts, going to eat wings, going to eat sushi, going to eat tacos, going to the bank, I already said that, going to the gas station again, going to Walgreens, going to CVS and getting your big long receipt, going to Publix, going to Kroger, going to Walmart, going to Target, Going to Swift Cantrell, going to Cobble Park, going to Logan Farm, going to KSU, going to your high school, going to your middle school, going to the Braves game, going to the Falcons game, going to the United game. Going to the Hawks game. I knew I was missing one. Going on a walk around your block in the elevator. They stuck in there with you anyway. <laughs> going to the airport, riding on an airplane. On the Marta. Stuck in a traffic jam <laughs> with your window down. <laughs> you would be surprised how many people you frequently encounter on a regular basis. As in you, 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 you interact with these people, like, say, at least on a weekly basis. You'd be surprised how many hundreds it is. That group of people that you live your life around, your environment, your life environment. You know what that is in Greek? Oikos. And you know, when the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your Oikos will be saved. Why? I think his intention was for us to live on mission. My oikos is my mission. Yes, the nations. We go. We just went. We're going to Peru. We're going to Cuba. We're, we're going to go to the nations. But our oikos... It's literally promised that we will bring them salvation. You can only give what you have, though. And I, I couldn't end this without making sure. You may be saying, well, that's great, but I don't know that I have Jesus if you're not sure of that today, don't go home without him. <laughs> and you can have him right now. See, Peter and John said, I'll give you what I have. They couldn't give what they didn't have. We can't give what we don't have. Before we can share Jesus with anyone else, we've got to have him for ourselves, yes? We need a relationship with him personally. We need to receive the gift of salvation before we can give it away. 
the question that every one of us has to answer is, have I received Jesus Christ as my Lord? Have I received the gift? Have I believed the good news? Have I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? It's the first step. See, the, you have to experience the good news for yourself before you can give good news to others. The good news is this. Jesus will wash you clean of sin. He will set you free. He will forgive you. He will restore you back to a relationship with God that was lost through sin. He'll heal your body. He'll heal your heart. He'll heal your mind. He'll give you a purpose in life. He'll restore you to God's original design. But you must make the decision to receive him for yourself. To believe for yourself that he died on the cross and paid the price. To take your sins upon himself to set you free. You have to receive it. You have to receive the good news. You have to receive Jesus for yourself with every head bowed and every eye closed right now just for a moment if anyone needs to make that decision today for yourself does anybody need to today to make that decision for yourself I need to receive Jesus for myself and today listen this is this is where we're going two things one You've never received Jesus before. You've never been born again. And today you want to make a conscious decision that you are turning away from your sinful life and you are turning your life over to God. And you're today you say, I believe on Jesus. And today I want to confess Jesus Christ as my Lord. That's the first one. The second one is very similar Maybe you've received Jesus as Lord before, but you are not following Jesus today. You're backslidden, and you need to come back to him, okay? That's number two. If you need to respond to either one of those, would you just quickly pop your hand up? I want to know who you are because we're going to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out, all right? Who else says that's me? Say, I need to receive Jesus for myself, okay? Who else says that's me? A few people across the room. Anybody else say, that's me today? Rather, it's for the first time to receive Jesus as your Lord. Listen, I I don't know why I'm saying this, but I I believe it may be for a couple of people in here. A few of you, you you may have, quote, unquote, prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, but you haven't really made him the Lord of your life. Today, you say, I want to make Jesus my Lord. I want to surrender my life, okay? Anybody else? Praise God for these that say they're making that decision today. Anybody else say, that's me? Okay, I want everybody, let's just stand to our feet. Let's uh, just refrain from going in and out just for a moment because we're going to pray all together. Let's stand to our feet, okay? I want all of us together to pray this prayer. And if you are making this decision today, I want you to really call on Jesus. Make this personal. Make this something between you and him. And say it sincerely. But we'll say it together all as a family. Come on, let's say, Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody. Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I decide to follow you. I believe in my heart that you came and you died on the cross 
and carried my sin. You died in my place to pay the price so I could be forgiven. Jesus, I believe. Today, I pray, set me free. I turn away from my own way, from this world, from sin. Jesus, I turn away from darkness. Jesus, fill my heart with light, with truth. I turn my heart over to you. I surrender my life to you. I want to follow you. Jesus, save me. I receive a new life, eternal life. Come on, one last thing. Say it like you mean it with your heart. Jesus, help me follow you. Amen. Now, as we get ready to close out the service, we're going to have a time of prayer. But just before we do that, I want to say this. Several people today made a decision for the first time to follow Jesus or that had been backslidden and decided to come back to him today. Listen, I want everybody to, to, to be clear on this, okay? If you made that decision today, rather it was a first-time decision or a decision to come back to God, or you just would really like to understand more about salvation, okay? You'd really like to understand more about what it means. You want to make sure you've got it, like you know what it really means to be saved and follow Jesus. I want to ask you, even right now, pull out your phone. You're going to see this on the screen. There's a number that's going to be here on the screen. It's also in the, in the magnet that's in, uh, on the back of the chairs. I want you to just simply text the word Jesus to that number. We're going to leave it on the screen for a minute or two, okay? Just text the word Jesus. And immediately today, you're going to receive a video that's going to uh, uh, much more detailedly explain what it means to be saved, how to be saved, the next steps you need to take in following Jesus, okay? So if you made the decision, if you prayed that prayer, or, or simply you're like, hey, I need to make sure I'm saved. I need to make sure I understand this. Text Jesus, and you're going to receive that uh, very quickly here, all right? Now, as the worship team leads us, I love the words of the song we sang about it, 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 shout Jesus from the mountains, right? Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. Come on, and I was shouting, Jesus for my city. Jesus for my city. Guess what the hope is that our city see Jesus? Actually, guess who it is? It's us. It's us living on mission. It's us living that wherever we go, we give what we have. And as we sing this, okay, I want to just... Take a moment as we sing this again, as we press into the presence of Jesus, I want to invite you to pray. Maybe you would even like to come here to the altar, stand here, get on your knees in the altar, or in your seat, whatever. But let's make a commitment today. Jesus, I'm going to live my life on mission. I'm going to live my life to give you to people. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.